Bush and Richie here with your daily takeaway. Uh, as you get further into this episode uh, of the podcast, uh, you will find us talking about. Well, you'll find out how cavity wall insulation derailed the show about two thirds of the way through. Do you like cavity wall insulation? Do you think I like cavity wall insulation? <laughs> Does it sound like something that's on my radar? Tell you what, let's let them get into the, the, the meat and potatoes of this episode, and then at the end, I'll tell you a little bit about it, and you can tell me when to stop. Can I, t- I can't tell you now. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Just saying earlier on, I'm sick of not owning physical DVDs and films and stuff anymore. Went to play the kids uh, a movie at the weekend. They're taking it off the streaming service that we subscribe to. You don't own anything physical anymore, and it's a nightmare. You're not in control of stuff. And it takes me back to my dad's record collection, sitting on the floor, listening to, like, Boston more than a feeling and all this kind of stuff, David Bowie. If my kids were to do that now, I haven't got any physical records, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the same applies to films. When you first brought this up yesterday and invited me in on your, your, your you know, the, the, the regeneration of these these physical films. Ahead of going on Dragon's Den, yeah. Ahead of going on Dragon's Den, which I'm very grateful for. I went away yesterday evening, I was thinking more about it. Another group of people that will be so on board with this, cabinet makers. Cabinet makers? Yeah, because, like, you know, with streaming services and all that kind of thing, you don't need to store all your DVDs, oh, do you? yeah. So, like, who's making cabinets these days? But now, it, it, when this boom comes back, yeah. we'll need cabinets again for all our DVDs and Blu-rays. So what we need to do is buy DVDs, buy Blu-rays, buy Laserdiscs, and then invest in the Calax market. Yes. The future's Calax market. So we've made a commitment to buy this stuff ahead of what we think is going to be a renaissance in DVDs. Because you think about what's happened with vinyl, everyone thought that was dead and buried. Yeah. And this made a comeback. Massive now. Evil Gav in Reading says, uh, chaps, you should absolutely keep buying and keep in Blu-rays and DVDs because if you rely on streaming services, if they decide to no longer stream or license something to someone else, then there's no legal way to watch it. I still have my collection. Uh, Joe in Cumbria says, we do still have one DVD player, one Blu-ray, one VHS player and one photo film viewer. Uh, for the days when you sent your film away to be developed and got the photos back, plus the developed film. See, they're involved in part of the process, yeah. which is... Is nice. Miranda says, chaps, I have a huge DVD collection that I watch on my TV with an inbuilt DVD player. We were talking about one of them yesterday. Yeah. I also have a Twindex C- a 6CD multi-changer stereo unit that I used to play my CDs and mixtapes on. Uh, some amazing photos coming in for... Uh, it's so good that you guys still collect this kind of stuff. I thought everyone had just sold it at, like, car boot sales. Jay sent an amazing photo of... It looks like a Calax. We were talking about uh, earlier on about the cabinet makers being quids in for this. He says, this is just the top half. There are another five rows across the bottom, another shelf to the right, and a big shelf of about 2,000 CDs that I've got. He adds, I love my physical media, and I will collect it until I die. These are mine, and not owned by any streaming platform. These are mine. Love it. Get in. The Daily Takeaway... Richie's Daily Takeaway. So in a few weeks' time or a few months' time, when you're reading the newspaper or watching the news and you're reading or listening about uh, the big boom in Blu-ray and DVD, you know, people buying them again like they have been with vinyl, remember that you heard it here first on Home Time because we are predicting that is going to happen. And thank us. Thank us, you know, getting in on the ground floor on this kind of thing. So we do believe this boom is just around the corner. Uh, I want to try and buy as many DVDs or Blu-rays because I don't have any physical media and it was winding me up the other weekend when I tried to watch a film and they'd taken it off the streaming service. Uh, I've got a bit of a plan in terms of buying which I'll reveal to you uh, before we get to five o'clock on the show. But in the meantime, we're just celebrating physical media, asking you to uh, show us your collection. John has actually just texted in, talking about cabinets and displaying it and everything. 
everything, saying, bring back the fake book covers for VHS. Absolutely. Do you remember those? Yeah. It looked like um, Gandalf's library. <laughs> it but did. It, it just had, uh, you know, a load of movies behind it. Pete Stragon was in there instead. Yes. Uh, Carl says, oh, look, this, is, this illustrates one of the reasons why this is important. Carl says, an ex encouraged me to sell my 500 CD collection to a well-known second-hand dealer as I had everything on iTunes. I now don't have an Apple device. Oh. However, I still have my 900 vinyl albums and singles plus 350 DVDs, hence why she is an ex. There you go, you know, and, and you might have been through the same thing where you, you think, oh, I can make a load of money on this, and you scan the little app, yeah. and you get like three quid yeah. for 150 DVDs. Well, you've lost everything. You've lost everything, so it's a bit of a nightmare. So tell us about your collection. We've got Lisa on the line right now. Lisa, what's in your DVD or VHS collection then? Uh, yes, very proud of every episode of Doctor Who that is available on DVD I own, including Torchwood, Sarah Jane Adventures, and <laughs> a lot. Now, this is interesting. So, uh, obviously, I do that Scarred for Life podcast, which is about kind of, you know, weird TV from back in the day. Uh, and I'm learning as I've been going along about Doctor Who. There's, there's loads of sprawling arms of different, uh, you know, eras of Doctor Who and different types. There's quite a lot. I imagine there's a lot of different DVDs in that collection. Uh, yes, quite a lot, yes. <laughs> how, how many are we talking? Um, physically, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> We're talking about 50, then, as a guess? Ballpark figure? 50? No, way more than that. More like 150. Wow. I only went so low because I own every episode of Open All Hours on DVD and that's just four discs. That's four. See, the only thing I own everything of was, remember Big Train with yes. Simon Pegg? Yes. I, I've got that, but that's only two That's only two discs. More credible than Open All Hours. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. This is a great text. I still have uh, pretty much every DVD I've ever owned, says this person, from a fine collection of westerns, the Studio Ghibli, Pixar, Wallace and Gromit, all the original Thunder Cats, Arnie's <laughs> 80s classics and all the Rocky movies, an eclectic collection. My husband keeps trying to get me to throw them out, uh, but I compromised. I took them out of their cases and added them to a library case. Now when I take them off the shelf, it's like removing an ancient tome. What about that? Wow. This is The Daily Takeaway. I've got a bit of a plan of how to do this, because I can't just, like, buy all the films. Mm-hmm. I don't have the collection like some of these people have been getting in touch uh, on Twitter and on text. But what I, what I think I might do is... Maybe buy the 10 best movies of all time. Great idea. Buy the 10 best movies, and then I'm kind of nicely placed for when this whole DVD and Blu-ray renaissance kicks in, then I'll make the big bucks. I keep a list on my phone of my top 17 movies of all time. So, but you, I guess at the moment you don't own them, which is kind of the thing, don't isn't know, it? No, no. But you've don't. got seven, 17, that's a weird number, isn't it? Yeah, well, it used to be a 15, then I uh, couldn't... T- there was two that I wanted to add to it, but I didn't want to kick any off, so I've gone to 17, but I'm going to definitely keep it at 17 no more. Why Why do you have that on your phone, incidentally? So that if you're ever in the pub and you're talking with, like, friends about films... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to, like, think off the top of your head as to what films you like. You know them. It's good that it's on your phone. This is, this is again, I think, reinforcing the point about... You would normally be able to turn around to a Calax cabinet mm-hmm. in your lounge and say, there's the 15. Exactly, those are the ones I own, yeah. Are, are these in order, or is it just a random 17 of jumbled... If I pick a number, will you give me one of the films on it? I can read you the 17 if you want. Do the whole 17, let's yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's not ranked. It's just like on an iPhone list. So, is you, in your opinion, the best 17 movies of all time? In no particular order. Okay. Django Unchained, Baby Driver, Falling Down, No Country for Old Men, Grand Budapest Hotel, uh-huh. Heat... North by Northwest, Hitchcock Classic, Back to the Future, Fever Pitch, Argo, Dumb and Dumber, Air Force One, The Rock, Face Off, Con Air, In the Line of Fire, 
and Elvis. It seems to go down a bit of a slide on the second half. <laughs> <laughs> down That's, a particular type of this film. Is when I was in my Nicolas Cage era, yeah. I love Nicolas Cage. What's a good it's 17? It's a weakness for me. What's a good 17 films? And, and, you know, maybe, you know, if we're trying to buy this uh, list of, you know, 10 iconic movies, some of those can be on there. Tell you what I will do as a service to all the home time listeners. If you weren't able to write that down, I will tweet that list for you in a second. It's like waiting for the classified yeah. scores, isn't it? <laughs> Richie's Daily Takeaway. My list of uh, top 17 films, the ones yes. that we're going to try and maybe get for the, the, the Blu-ray DVD collection, uh, is now on social media if you want to uh, uh, check that out. A lot of people saying, why is Shawshank Redemption not in there? It's a very good point. So I might have to, like, bump one out for Shawshank. Or, or why not add two more and just round it round to 20? <laughs> rather than have... Oh, no, three more. Three I can't more. do the maths. <laughs> It's never my strong point. Um, I was just looking at your list. Um, I I agree with quite a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say No Country for Old Men, fantastic film, but I challenge anyone to tell me what the hell is going on at the end of it. Yeah, don't know. Don't really understand. I've even read the book, didn't understand it. Baby Driver, one of the worst films of all time. No. Terrible film. No. Always ends up in people's lists of top 10s, 15s, whatever. Terrible film. It's a great film. Not very good. Wow. Face Off, not very good. The Rock, not very good. (laughs) What? Do you not like Nicolas Cage? Not really. Not a massive fan. And I don't like Fever Pitch either. Like the book, don't like the film. So I think we've we've got there's there's the the roots here of being able to get to an agreed ten, but it's a very no no no. It's to the first agree, step in the two people have to agree. Yeah yeah yeah. Like I can't give you a ten and then you say I don't agree with it. So we've got an agreed ten. You don't agree with most of my films. Well, quite a few of them, yeah. There's a uh, heat. A uh, heat's good. Heat's good. Oh, that's two then. Great. Yeah, they, well, it's a start. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Watch the space. This is the daily takeaway. So we have discovered it's a leap year. Every four years, you get an extra day, February 29th. An extra day, a bonus day, some might say. Uh, that's what we're calling it, and giving you the chance to do something on that bonus day that you wouldn't normally have the time to do. You've always wanted to do, but there is no time in life, so you can't do it. Well, there's a bonus day this year, so let's make it happen. We're going to make it happen on this show right at the end of the month, so if there's something you've been putting off or always wanted to do and never got round to it, get in touch. Now, yesterday, I gave the example, if it was me, it's not about me, it's about you. You guys, but if it was me, I'd want to mow a professional sporting pitch, whether it's a football pitch, uh, a stadium somewhere like Wembley or the Emirates, one of the good stadiums, or Goodison Park, maybe as well. For the time being, for the time before being, we move, or a cricket pitch. It's not about me, but that's the kind of thing I'd want to do for a day. Got this message yesterday uh, from a fella called Jimmy the Mower. Uh, Sounds legit. (laughs) On Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Hello, mate. My friend heard you on the radio saying you would love to have a go on a ride on mower. Uh, Well, I work for myself and I cut council football pitches for a living. If you fancy coming up to South Staffordshire at the end of February or beginning of March, you can have a go on my Ransoms Parkway 3 and I will teach you how to cut a football pitch. Now, the Ransoms Parkway 3 is a a hell of a machine, isn't it? Better than the two. Way better than the one. It's my favourite of all the Ransoms Parkways. Uh, More gear on it and everything like that yeah, as well. Yeah, good blades. What, what a great offer that is. Isn't that great? I, I, I might privately get in touch with him. The bonus day isn't about me, it's not about you, it's about you guys. Yeah, where's the people getting in touch with the remote control planes like I was talking about <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> maybe they didn't hear. Uh, but we've had some amazing <laughs> stuff in. So look, if you've got anything, even something that you've maybe not told other people about that you just love to do, it could be anything, it could be quite silly really. Uh, Pete has got in touch uh, with a health and safety nightmare, but this is what he'd like to do with a bonus day. He says, I would like to drop large objects off the side of a building or cliff. Oh wow. For example, a microwave or an old school crate 
crate of milk. So, like, I remember reading about status quo chucking a TV out of a window of a hotel when yeah. they're on tour in America. Something like that. That kind of thing. That'd or be a good. crate of milk, which is so random. It would go, have to have that slow motion. Yes. Slow motion right at the end. These are great. Uh, John, and De- uh, John and Deb at Deb's Ironing Shop in Wakefield are being in touch. Being in touch. They say, good afternoon, lads, for our uh, extra day off, as they call it. Uh, I would love to take my wife out for the day, have her pampered, hair and nails done, then go to watch a movie or something, and a meal to finish the day off. We work six days a week together and don't get much time to ourselves. Not had a holiday for five years because of the business, so to treat her for the day and have a romantic meal together would be amazing and mean everything. Very nice. Ben, tell us, what would you do on your bonus day? <laughs> I want to kick a duck up the arse. But I know that's a bit cruel. I, why, why, do you wanna, why do you want to kick a duck up the bum? Let's use bum from this point onwards. I don't know. Do you know what? I think I heard it once somewhere before and I just it got stuck in my head. But I would never do it because it's cruel, obviously. Do you know what? I think it was Carl Pilkington that might have mentioned it years ago and it's just been stuck in my head and I can't get rid of it. Okay. Right. right. So, a couple of things just to, to, to be clear for uh, compliance purposes. You will never kick a duck up the backside. Not a real one. No, no, no right exactly. One, no. And certainly Absolutely it not. won't be facilitated by this show. However, <laughs> you would like to kick a fake duck up the backside? Well, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of to get rid of this urge. Okay, so it's obviously something that's deep within you. And, and do you want to, like, move it along type thing? Is it, is it that kind of... You know, you can use your foot sometimes to kind of move something along. Is that, is that the kind of vibe you want with the duck? You don't want to run up and, and kick its no, bum. it's a massive kick so it goes flying. I'm kind of air. thinking Johnny Wilkinson vibes here. Yeah, like that, yeah. P- piece of grass in the air to see where, where the wind's blowing. <laughs> Well, we're not discriminating here on, on bonus day. Everybody's in this democratic right to have your potential fantasy play out mm. on, on this yeah. show, but all we can say is we're going to add it to the list. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you. We'd have to say at this stage it's one of the more surreal ones. Yeah, yeah, but some other ones are a bit boring, aren't they? <laughs> OK, fair play. <laughs> Good to speak to you, Ben. Cheers, Ben. All right, cheers, guys. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. The noise of the past. It's Bush and Richie's Sound of the Decades. Absolute Radio 90. Just a heads up, I think we have gone. I feel like since you had that phone call with the uh, Cavity <laughs> Wall people, it's all changed in the studio. <laughs> My mind is with Cavity Walls. And then did you accidentally call them back again? By mistake. It's been non-stop Cavity Wall chat. <laughs> so awkward. I, I like butt-dialed the Cavity Wall guy. Uh, do not miss the uh, podcast this evening. It's going to be a belter. In the meantime, though, it's one home time show, nine different playlists. You can choose the decade of music that goes oh. with the show. Uh, with the Cavity Wall chat. And to celebrate that, uh, we do Sound of the Decades. We've isolated this time, in honour of Absolute Radio 90s, a sound effect from the 1990s. You've got to guess what this is. Hmm. Victoria, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, What is your radio station of choice to consume home time with, Victoria? Are you a 90s specialist? It's 80s for me. 80s. And what were you up to in the 80s, then, if 80s is your main thing? I was born in 79, so I was listening to my big sister's music. <laughs> oh, bless. That's cool. Favourite act of the 80s, Victoria, just so we can get kind of the vibes? Oh, Duran Duran, Madonna. All the big ones. All the big ones. Uh, Victoria, what have you been doing today? You sound like you're on your way back or going somewhere. What are you doing? I'm on my way to work. <laughs> I might be late. <laughs> At this hour? Wow. What are you doing? <laughs> I work in the railway. Oh, oh. Richie's ears have just perked up there a little bit. Oh, Victoria. Um, what did you, what, you do? 
Uh, I do the delays, would you believe? You're, you're, you're the one that does all the delays. Is that you, is it? <laughs> she makes them. That's me. <laughs> OK, I'm then. people. Oh, wow. Well, we should have some train chat off-air, Victoria, but for now, we're here for uh, Sound of the Decades, a sound from the 90s. Cavity wall and trains, I'm, I'm away today. This has been a hell of an hour for me, it really has. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria, it's not a price gun, it's not a tic-tac dispenser, it's not a mini-disc. What is the sound of the decades? Is it an ear-piercing gun? Ear-piercing gun, let's have a look. Ouch. My eldest daughter had that done uh, in a shopping centre. I always thought when you get your, your ears pierced, you go to, like, a like a special clinic. Mm. But it's just around the back of a clothes <laughs> shop in a precinct. It looks so painful. It's a good... It's, the sound does sound like it, doesn't it? Listen. Hmm. Is it... An ear-piercing gun. You're a loser, and you have lost. Sorry, Victoria, it's not that. Are you, are you furious oh. now you're going to go into work and delay everybody just because you can? Definitely. Victoria, are Bush and I both getting home on time tonight? It depends where you're going to. Like, she knows already, she knows ahead of time. <laughs> She's so clever. So clever. We'll have that chat off air. Um, it's not an earpiece and gun. Sound of the decade, still in the 90s, returns tomorrow. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. We love Toasty Tuesday. Time to fire up our Breville. These ingredients could be nasty, but still we're gonna eat you. Go. That's the one. Every Tuesday, you give us the wildest ideas of fantastic toasties that we can make for the hometime audience. Oh, well, it's great to welcome to the show someone with a toasty recipe from the other side of the world. We welcome Georgia. How are you doing, Georgia? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? We're very, very good. Cheers for coming on to Home Time. So let's explain your background. You're an Aussie living here in the UK. And uh, tell us where your kind of connection with food and back home goes. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always loved food, um, love cooking, love cooking for other people especially. And, um, yeah, during lockdown, uh, my friend Sam, we both became friends via Twitter, um, decided to start a website um, called Munching Matilda, uh, where we just share recipes and tips and advice on how to, how to eat well and also economically. Um, we've got a Twitter account as well that we tweet at when we, when we remember. And then with this um, toasty recipe, we decided to come up with an idea so the ultimate Aussie toasty is the, the concept. So how big are toasties in Australia? We, we know you as a nation that uh, love to barbecue, but mm-hmm. uh, toasty as well? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, everyone loves a toasty, um, particularly um, um, students, really big students. Uh, we had a toasty uh, machine in our common room at high school that was absolutely filthy, but very well loved, and <laughs> I'm kind of amazed, amazed it burned the school down. Um, although the school actually did burn down about 10 years later, um, but, not, but because of a possum, not a toasty. And, just, um, sorry, just back up a little bit there. A possum burnt down your school? It did, yeah. Possum, Tried to make a toasty. Um, That's what happened. Um, <laughs> chewed a wire in the, in the roof, and the whole school was made of pine, and it just went up like you wouldn't believe. And um, It's like an Amazing Neighbours yeah. episode, or plot line, <laughs> right there. Po- possum burnt my school down. Uh, please tell us then, what are the key ingredients for this toasty we're going to be making tonight? We decided to go with the concept of a an Aussie burger-based toasty. So, um, so we thought we'd start with 
thin layer of Vegemite. You don't want to go too hard on the Vegemite because it's quite a big Could flavor. we use Marmite instead? You could, but I mean, I think with Vegemite, it's, it's, it's all about the texture. The texture is a far superior texture. It's kind one. of the same thing, though. It's, it's kind of the same no, thing, isn't it? Marmite's not, a bit better. Not, but... not even close. Not even close. Don't even start. We're just trying to rile you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a nice thin layer of, like, sliced cooked supermarket beef, like you put it in a sandwich. Mm. Um, sun-dried tomatoes. Um, if you've got time to cook bacon, bacon, throw some in. Um, definitely a slice of cheese. And, again, just go the cheap. Cheddar cheese single, um, more processed the better as far as an Aussie burger is concerned. And the controversial part of this is a slice of beetroot. And this Ooh. is the one that will... Um, beetroot. That, that, Toasted yeah. beetroot. Oof. Uh, yep, yeah, it, it sounds weird, but, um, but every good Aussie petrol station burger uh, will put beetroot um, on the burger. OK, so the best thing about Toasted Tuesday mm. is that we come up with the idea quite late and then our producer, Adam, has to go to the corner shop yeah. and try and get all the ingredients. <laughs> so This is going to be a challenge. I realise I might have to do a bit of a challenge here. But, uh, yep. yeah, if you can get some beetroot in there, I highly advise it. Because that's, that's what sets it apart as an Aussie burger toasty. Wow. Well, Georgia... Um, <laughs> Plenty to be going on with. Godspeed, Adam, as he heads his way round to the corner shop right now. And fingers <laughs> crossed they do that beetroot, eh? And if you're listening right now and you can come up with a good name for an Aussie toasty, 81215, tell us what it is and we'll name it. Uh, Georgia, lovely to speak to you. Make sure you check out uh, Munching Matilda on Twitter. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Great talking to you guys. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. And it's Toasty Tuesday, and we have a recipe from Australia, thanks to Georgia and the team at Munching Matilda, who've given us a, a very fancy toasty to cook uh, with some incredible ingredients. Fair to say our most epic list of ingredients for quite a few weeks as uh, we go Antipodean here. Uh, and quite a challenge for our producers to uh, rustle this up from our uh, stocks in the kitchen and uh, the Tesco Express around the corner. Uh, no uh, great recipe survives contact or first contact with the hometime show, so let's see what she suggested, and we just spoke to her on the phone, <laughs> and what we've actually got in front yeah. of us. So let's go through this list. Cooked bacon. We've got cooked uh, bacon. Cooked bacon. Obviously, we can't cook bacon up suddenly like that. We don't have a stove to do it on. So, But we have got some ham. That'll which do. Which is basically bacon. Actually, if you remember from the other week, we nearly set the firearms off doing <laughs> uh, popcorn in the office. Yes. So I'm glad we're doing that. Uh, thick, high-quality granary loaf. Uh, Tesco white loaf, uh, medium slice. That'll do. Sun-dried tomatoes. Uh, couldn't find a jar of that, but have got some sun-dried tomato pesto. We've we've properly home time showed her toasty here, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, sliced beef. Yeah, got that. Boom. Uh, top quality mature cheddar. Uh, processed cheese, yes. Brilliant. Just what she would have wanted. And then the uh, pièce de resistance is beetroot. Uh, yes, got that. Uh, the other thing that is uh, a little bit controversial, she said Vegemite. Um, I've got Tesco yeast extract. Oh, she was, Georgia was very <laughs> insistent that it shouldn't be anything other than the original. But I feel like we're getting pretty... We're in the ballpark of her toast, Very much we? so, yes. And it's going to get toasted next. This is The Daily Takeaway. The Daily Takeaway. Um, right, l- let me just show you first of all uh, what is... Because I, I always make two toasties, right? Uh-huh. Today we're going to have to share one. Uh, because, and I don't know whether this is a result of uh, last week's American toasty not being cleaned properly afterwards, or uh, the Australian toasty that we're going to eat tonight has just killed 
the Toasty Machine, because look at that first one that came out. Oh, my word. Describe that. It looks like it's exploded it in the looks, centre. <laughs> I'd say if a Toasty had had an autopsy, that's what's going on. Beef explosion. <laughs> There's just beef <laughs> sticking out the top of the sandwich. However, the other one has come out a triumph. So, uh, here Thank you go, you. passing it over. You can have the first taste. We're, gonna eat, we're eating the same side of the... We're eating the same side. Yeah, I've, I have got the other half of yours, all right? Uh, can I just say, this is the most home-time show uh, thing we've done. We've, we've had to buy all the ingredients ourselves because we don't have a show budget. <laughs> and then the toasting machine is kind of... Actually, we've got we're, <laughs> half, half the stuff we haven't got that she suggested. <laughs> and now and we're the eating toasting it. machine is like handing its notice in. And I'm eating it out of a kitchen towel. Yeah. <laughs> OK, let's have a go. So this is... Um, well, it's hard to... You know, let's just, let's just very quickly just say what it is. Cook bacon. Yeah. Uh, we've got a bit of beetroot in there, sliced yes. beef. Yes, um, Vegemite. Vegemite, loads of different stuff. Uh, sun-dried tomatoes. God, that's a small bite you've taken there, my friend. That's very, very, it's very hot. Is it? It's very hot. Well, I'm going to go in. I'm going to go. <laughs> Here we go. Do you know what? Do you know what? That is really nice. The dominant flavour, I promise you, hand on heart, I'm not messing around here, the dominant flavour is the sun-dried tomato. I would say it's quite a strong Vegemite thing going through there. <laughs> Slightly overwhelming Vegemite. <laughs> You're not a fan, are you? I'm putting that back down again. <laughs> I'm going to finish that. I really, really like it. Not having anyone on. Doubling down. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Uh, tonight's uh, Toasty Tuesday has caused a very strong reaction from a lot of people. Uh, I guess that shouldn't be a surprise because there is Marmite slash Vegemite uh, in there, which is uh, very polarising. It is polarising. Uh, there's a lot of ingredients in there. Obviously, thank you so much again to Georgia and uh, pretty much everyone from Australia that's put together this toast. We've been going around the world with our toasties that, uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we didn't have a name for it. No. Sam, who's listening in Kent, has suggested the Toasty Matilda. Very, very good. That works. Uh, text here says that sounds terrible. Toast it and chuck it out the window for the pigeons. Uh, I must just say, though, obviously there was uh, a, a second one that was done that didn't survive the toasting machine, that absolutely mutilated it. But our producer has just hoovered it up, saying, that is delicious, I'm having that for my dinner. I know, but he's like a cat or a dog. He'll have anything, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm going to back him up. I finished mine as well. You are the you are the odd one out I today. Didn't, didn't touch it. Don't like the look of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm tapping out on this one. I'm so sorry, folks. Sorry, Australia. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Well, that's it for another Daily Takeaway. So, Bush, you've got a house, yeah? I do have a house, yeah. That will be made out of breeze blocks. Uh, that'll be part of your wall. Just before we get going on this, I'm allowed to say, tell you to stop at any point, right? Yes, you are, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So you'll have breeze blocks. Stop. No, go on, carry on. You're not going to say stop no, no, again. No, I won't no. say stop again. That's fine. fine. You'll have breeze blocks, and then outside the breeze blocks. I, I do know what cavity insulation is. Oh, well, why did you not stop me? Well, you just said you were going to talk about. The, you had a phone call about cavity wall insulation. Yeah. What, did someone phone up to tell you what it is? And now you're telling me? Or no, what, what they, is this? They, they've moved my appointment to have a cavity wall insulation assessment three times now. It's really annoying. Well, I mean, they just fill the gap in your house with custard sets Basically, or yeah, yeah, Basically yeah. custard. So what, they're going to... Have you not got any of that in there at the moment? No, we lose heat. Oh, blimey. You, um, I, there was a guy that was on Grand Designs, yep. and his the gap between the bits and the walls of his house was full of, um, like, chip fat. From an old chippy, right? And it set sets. So I could do that. You could you could fill it with anything. Oh, fantastic! Apparently, you could put anything in there, like balls from soft play. 